coming hot. Hot. My name is Max. This guy is Sam. So we, we got, got a, a camera, camera, some mics, so you know what's happening. Some shows are great. And some shows are smart. Some shows make no sense right from the start. We tried to split the difference. And tried to do it all. We'll save you the suspense. Here's, Here's what, what it's, it's called. called. This is the Pretty Good Podcast. Chorus line. It's the chorus line. It's the perfect time. It's the perfect time to describe what this show is in a few lines. As long as we're not interrupted. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the time. Are we recording already? Yeah. Sweet. We start organic. <laughs> so Ian! What's up? Hey, how's That's it going? Ian. That's me. Hey, how's What's it? your Ian? deal? <laughs> Go off. Where, where do you want to start? What's my deal? I care a lot about too many stupid things and homeless uh tell jokes a lot of fun things what do you what do you want to talk about it always comes back to leftist politics <laughs> okay um homeless cool. comedian is interesting yeah expand <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it's a decent niche here in boise for sure mm -hmm. um because like you don't, the, the homeless people in Vo Boise are not nearly as visible. I don't know if any of you have lived in a bigger city. Oh, than yeah. Boise. I, uh, I've lived in Portland, like, for a little bit, and, like, obviously, like, yeah. starch difference. Like, oh, yeah. Or stark, maybe. St yeah. Stark would be it, but, you know. I don't know. Portland, starch. starch. Yeah. I mean, the white flight communities. Okay. I think if you mix water with corn, starch. For sure. You for make sure. that stuff. Non Newtonian fluid. Ooh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's Same thing. No, yeah, there's definitely definitely a lot more more uh, homeless population yeah. too in Portland. I feel like I think I think there's a lot of contributing factors, um, and a lot of it has to do with uh, infrastructure, mm -hmm. um, because Portland does have a lot of good things for homeless people, um, and really, I mean, it's, I, it it would be a disservice not to comment on a lot of the hostility in Portland toward homeless people. I mean, yeah. I saw in the news not too long ago that somebody had like set somebody's tent on fire while they were in it mm -hmm. kind of deal like there's it's not necessarily safe out there but they they do have a lot more resources as far as like getting you off the streets into like long-term shelter sure. um you know kind of housing first approaches where they have you know even with waiting lists and stuff they they get people off the streets and then set them up with what resources they need to you know continue and and I'm, i ran into a lot of people in portland while i was there that really did just show up with whatever they had, you know, a car loaded down with stuff or a backpack loaded down with stuff and, you know, just trying to run away from wherever they were and get their start there. And you can really see that in a place like Portland where mm -hmm. they, they can they can actually do it. You know, there's resources yeah. to stick the landing. Yeah. Um, and you do have people, you know, camping on the streets all over and wandering mm -hmm. the streets all over. And I think a lot of the reason you don't see that as much around here is because we're a lot more hostile toward it. We keep it suppressed. Um, and I don't mean a lot more hostile because, you know, there are the sweeps in Portland and there are, like I said, people burning down people's yeah. tents with them inside and all that fun things. And um, I think around here, it's just, you know, it's it's such an aberration to see somebody sleeping on a bench that, you know, somebody's going to get called about it. They're going to get a welfare check. And, yeah. And depending on the cop that shows up, that might be more or less of a welfare in mind kind of check and, and uh uh, yeah, you're just not going to be allowed to to carry on like that around here. So, For sure. So the people that do survive on the streets around here tend to be 
very discreet. Um, and I think some people could construe that as you know being more mindful and respectful of the resources that you have. But I think you know when it's enforced at gunpoint, it's kind of hard to call it mindfulness or respect. Was that? Did it? I, I was wondering. Did you just like jerk your head away or something? I, I did was, kind of. Is that is that the game? Is I can it? hear you back oh, now. Yeah. It sounds there's fine. A, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was strange. But uh, no, yeah, I definitely um, like where we grew up in McCall. You know, hundred miles mm. north of here, like resort town. Um, there's like, I remember being a kid and like seeing maybe one homeless person in town, and immediately like the cops were on him. Yeah. and had driven him to the edge of town and were like you can go anywhere but you can't stay here like and what and what law and, was he breaking was he loitering no yeah exactly you like know? and like he's just walking along the beach side just like everybody else but he just so happens to have a grocery cart full of everything he owns right and so as opposed to you know a, uh, a golf bag yeah, full of exactly. umbrellas and blankets exactly you know? um yeah. and there's also the you know thing that we kind of just send them all to portland and yeah there, there is a lot of that and and you know that's that's the the you know self-enforcing part of that policy is you know when they talk about expanding public transit well we don't want to attract a poor element because portland has amazing public transit and there's always homeless people on it because it's, it's easy to get around nice it's, yeah it's easy to get on and off without paying for a ticket or getting caught and mm -hmm. it's expensive if you get caught but yeah. um you know it's it's uh no and got like boise needs to invest in some public transportation oh, for like, sure stat like we need a train a train line that goes our buses suck to, shit. to boise you know like caldwell to east boise like the yeah. same way that the the line in portland goes from like gresham all the way up to tigard you know yeah other like, to tigard yeah i'm not even sure where tigard is it's like I north east yeah. northwest how, how long ago were you in portland um, I go there like on and off because my dad lives right outside of town. Okay. And so like I lived there all of last summer and then uh, I was just there last weekend. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I visit like probably once every few months. Yeah. I was there for like six weeks, four years ago. So I have like a snapshot window of what was yeah. going on. And they had, they were definitely still expanding the, uh, the trains themselves, mm -hmm. but like, I, I would get off at Clackamas uh, and and yeah. take a bus all the way into Escondido to work at a plastics factory mm -hmm. and like yeah it was a couple hours in the morning that I had to get up early to get there but yeah. like for a hundred dollars a month for transportation that gets you everywhere that runs almost all the time you know it's like stops at like three or four a.m. and it starts at like mm -hmm. six a.m. most nights um, you know doing comedy there was amazing catching a bus home after a late yeah. mic and like everybody's closed down and everybody's wandered home and nobody's got a ride and it's like fuck there's a bus stop right here and the bus is still running it was mm -hmm. you know and and frequent stops and everywhere like oh, it's just yeah. it's really great and then and then you come back over here and i'm thinking you know maybe i could really make a, a run i gotta go back home where i have more resources to sleep and you know wake up rested mm -hmm. and and you know, I, you know, I figured out I can I can really make it work. And then I looked at the transit schedules, and I'm like, I'm gonna walk a few miles to the nearest bus stop, and then they pretty much only accommodate if you're working basically a Monday, Friday, nine to five. Yeah. And like, who that needs, who that relies on public transportation has access to that kind of schedule? No one. Like that's such a slim yeah. freaking margin. You're pretty much just the people who are like, we, you know, eco bros that are like, you know, we need public transit for environmental like, let's take reasons. Let's the bus today. Yeah. Right? Like, that'll be fun. 
I, I'm really not into single single person transportation, so I'm, 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 I'm really about the bus. I remember my car was in the shop one time, and I had to. I wanted it was either like Uber for thirty bucks or try to catch the one bus we have here, and it was there was like the two lanes that went right past it and it was in the far middle lane so like it wasn't even even if they saw me they were you know in the middle of the road so they weren't pulling over and they just drove right past me <laughs> and then they did it like two more stops down and so yeah it's sometimes more convenient to pay a, a ridiculously higher amount of money because you know they'll get you but the, yeah the bus system here yeah blows chunks I know there was a protest several years ago here where a bunch of the high school kids got it in their heads. They wanted to be able to flag down the buses. Like, they should they should stop for you. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, that's, like, that's ta- like hailing a taxi or something? Yeah. <laughs> like, can you imagine trying to get anywhere on a bus and the schedule oh, is God. never on time You'd and it's always so much five longer, minutes. right? Yeah, every time somebody decides, hey, I need to catch that oh, bus. Oh, you know what? I'm tired of walking. Let me catch this bus. Is that the right. bus down the road? <laughs> oh, I hear a bus coming. Let me stop it. Right? <laughs> Let me and stop just, it and then walk into the woods because yeah. I'm going to be an asshole today. There's going to be those dickheads that, yeah, like stop the bus just to be like, no, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the common sense solution is to run it a lot more like Portland where you have stops everywhere and buses coming every, you know, 10, 15 minutes. I, I got on uh, the wrong way. I got like across the street one morning on my way to the plastics factory and I, I caught a bus going the wrong direction down the street, jumped off that bus. And like it was, according to my phone, it was like, if you want to be to work on time, you have to catch this bus at this time, catch it to that bus. And like, this is the one time you go. And, and I was on time. I was not early or ahead, but I, ca- I caught the bus going the wrong way, jumped off crossed the street caught the bus going back like i'm gonna be fucking late for work i showed up on time oh, like yeah. the same time as That's ever great. i got i got caught back up to the bus that you know like the one of the i the, guess you like, call it a bottleneck yeah yeah that's wild i got to clackamas in time to catch my my <laughs> freaking uh what was it my transfer i get my my connection yeah it's yeah you just you just need more and yeah and that's that's kind of the thing with public transportation no, yeah i've been i've been saying it for a while we definitely i i don't understand like we have train tracks why don't they just get a couple trains like yeah. to run on the tracks that are already there there's a train depot that's mm-hmm. just there as what like decoration like a yep. f- it is pretty it's it's Sounds a it's a it, i mean yeah I, i'll give it that but i mean there was a t- point in time when that that was a like legitimate train depot and you could buy yeah. tickets to go yeah to places on trains and like I don't understand why we just don't still use yeah. trains because they make like electric trains and shit too now. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I, I don't get it. I, I well, feel like that would just be like, it's, it's, be, you know, it's because anything that makes sense, Idaho's like, yeah. Well, and there's, there's, when you really start take. to drill down into the why of that and, and all of the, you, you gotta, you know, really look at history and what, what led up to it and not just, you know the history that we're taught in yeah. general but like what actually happened um there's there's always somebody's interest being protected mm-hmm. uh and there's there's a lot of criticism made about american cities in general being completely dictated by automotive traffic and like if you look at there's there's these really cool like old gifs of well i mean they're made into gifs now but they're like old uh footage of like early film 
people filming just like busy inner city seats. Oh yeah. Uh, inner city streets. Sorry, I have speech issues sometimes. Um, but but you see like a pretty wide street, and there's there's it's just packed full of people and you've got these great big horse-drawn carriages you know with kegs in the back of Mm -hmm. whatever they're hauling and 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 uh some of them are on tracks like some of the the horse-drawn ones are even on tracks because it's like people are gonna know that that's going here it's not Mm -hmm. they're not turning off they don't have to steer super much they're just slowly plodding forward um and they you know they had a mix of i think they had street cars uh you know like actual electric like uh, trolleys kind of stuff they had um they had early automobiles and and pedestrians just constantly swarming back and forth across the street mm-hmm. there's no crosswalk wait to cross yeah go to the end of the block kind of thing that we do now it's it was just a buzz of activity and everybody's just kind of moving along and you can see people navigating through traffic as they go through and and honestly that was really better and we do have I mean, cars couldn't go like yeah. very fast then either which probably was a good well i mean very fast is a is a that's a that's quite a spectrum yeah. you know when you consider the potential of danger or it's like um, they didn't outnumber people right on the yeah. street you know like he, and, today everybody has yeah. a car versus like back then it was like right not everybody and, had and the cars more so than the capability of the cars mm-hmm. it, it was the traffic the conditions mm-hmm. that caused it to go slower and and what you see with early automobiles is a lot of yuppies that have access to this new technology and not really a lot of responsibility for conducting themselves appropriately mm-hmm. uh and and so you start to see a lot more fatalities related to automobiles so automobile manufacturers decide to get ahead of the news and say because they're being demonized a lot of the time and and again the problem is spoiled fucking rich kids that need to learn how to operate these things safely um that's kind of insane to think about like yeah. it's like people's care goes down then car safety which is like teslas and shit where they you know try to make them safer that goes up mm-hmm. then that makes them dumber and then mm-hmm. they can out dumb the advancement of that car mm-hmm. until then we have to go even fucking crazier yeah and then where does it end i mean it it, it ends at you know fully fully automated transportation i guess yeah yeah i had a college professor who would like preach that by the time, like, you know, we hit, like, I don't know, 50 years down the road, like, all commuters are basically going to be, like, owned by one company. It's going to be, like, a big warehouse full of these, like, small cars that are all automated. They're going to pick you up. They're going to go into the freeway. They're all going to be, like, coded together, so they're going to be, like, super tight, just, like... So he saw a robot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He saw a robot and he started teaching it in class. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's a lot to be said for that. And a lot of people talk about independent transportation, but I, I really personally see a more sensible future. And I'm you know, not making predictions of what will happen because a lot of that involves capitalist interest. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think the more um, probable realistic solution would be um, yes, increasing automation, but also things more like trains and buses and public transit, you know, things that have dedicated lanes. Uh, like in Portland, some of those bridges that are just buses and trains that are it, killer. It, it feels like you're driving through a canal, like you're mm-hmm. in you're in this big like concrete, yeah. just like corridor. Yep. And in a bus over train tracks, you're like, we're not supposed to be here, but you're you're on the mm-hmm. schedule, you know. Uh, You've got you've got a you've got a uh, an audio level 
Hmm? God, there's there's something I'm trying to think of. I feel like it's every time I get too loud, it quiets me down. Uh, oh, like an automated, automated like a gate, some, a noise gate or something. A, on there. Uh, I think it does. It kind of like if it, if it, it has like that anti like peaking thing in there, yeah. so it definitely could be like. So if I were to, oh yeah, there yeah, you go. There, <laughs> yep, we can. Uh, I think this one's yours. That one's so up, we that turn one. it. Oh, there I go. There I go out Wait. and. And so you should be able to hear you little, better, little and then this will pick your Get voice up. Mic, like NPR. Today we're going to be discussing misophonia, which um, if, if you have it, you just clicked off violently. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think uh, a lot of common sense transit would be a lot more just like step on the train, get to where you're going. A lot of pedestrian stuff. Uh, Holland is actually doing a lot of cool stuff and has been for the last couple decades uh, around reorganizing city streets. And that was kind of where yeah, I was. Yeah, like building them so the, that they're putting like the streets underneath and then like rebuilding these walkways, like yeah. nature walkways. Is that what you're talking about? That Well, I mean, that's certainly a part of it. Uh, that's not a part of it that I had heard as much about. But um, uh, kind of, I mean, just to touch back a little bit more on the history is, is you know, this commingling of the streets and stuff. Uh, the auto manufacturers fought back in media, uh, and and if you're familiar with any of the history of marijuana, um, this yeah. will sound really familiar because they they basically come out with a bunch of ads ad campaigns, which a lot of times are presented as new news articles that are like, "Don't you hate it when those dirty, undesirable people, you know the ones I mean, go walking like a jaybird across the street, and like like jaywalking and uh, jaybird yeah. was was a uh, uh, slanderous term a racist term for black people mm-hmm. um which again if you look at the origins of tom and jerry that's horrible as well that was not a cat and mouse um but yeah uh jaywalking our, our modern law and the name of it is is literally racist in its in its original proposal so they're like uh, the problem is not automobiles you should be able to safely careen your metal death trap through the middle of the street that everybody everybody had access to originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just completely changed the laws around prioritizing vehicle traffic and not impeding that. Wow. Uh, and they used black people as a scapegoat for, oh, all of these motor vehicle deaths are because these these the black people are just, are just waltzing across out right the street. in front of you. And wow. They shouldn't be allowed to walk in the street that was originally designed for everybody to walk on. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, <laughs> that's what it was for. It was walking streets. And so now the, the, the thing going on in Holland is... Uh, the 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 thing that I was looking at it through, they they proposed this concept of strodes, which is like street road mm-hmm. mix, um, and they say you should have like city streets and like high traffic roads as like a separation thing, and and roads would be more about like getting from A to B over distance at speed. You want to have fewer intersections and anything to interrupt it you want to have exclusion zones on the side so if anybody loses control or has a breakdown they They got room you know yeah they got room there's not a sidewalk full of people right there Mm -hmm. um and and streets are like if you think of like uh over here on like broad and eighth street um like right over by the pf changs like yeah there's two little streets there with parking right alongside. They got sidewalks right there. Mm-hmm. Super convenient to walk through. You never walk over to the crosswalk because you can just meander through. People are driving slowly through there. Yeah. And they're they're there to park. They're not there yeah. to get through, you know? For sure. Um, I am because it's a good shortcut. <laughs> it is a good shortcut. <laughs> 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 but you still have to slow down for the pedestrians. You do. There's like two there. stop signs yeah. in there. 
And then hanging around Mad Suite downtown lately, the uh, uh, that Eighth Street exclusion zone where they, I, yeah. I guess they started the pandemic. They just blocked vehicle traffic through those two permanent? extra two blocks. Or that's what I've been hearing that uh-huh. they're they're going to make it like it's it's just here to stay. That's um, nice. And I would like to see them commit to that because it's still got all the lines painted. They took out the parking meters. Yeah, they just have like um, barricades in front, don't they? Right yeah, now? yeah, yeah. And and I think they they had the barricades originally installed because they're like the proper like removable yeah. barricades. And I think they were originally installed for like uh, uh, the farmers market stuff and all the stuff that yeah. they usually do in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they just they. I wish they would take the the rest of those barricades down. Uh, and just leave the you know car blocking pylons and just make it not look like a road as well because it would be nice to be able to cross the street through the middle of the street and not have to like funnel through these two choke points because yeah, i don't think i've ever like I've, i don't think i've ever like i've definitely driven that through that road when it's been open but i've mm-hmm. never been like i fucking wish that was open because then i could finally cut through. but it's mm-hmm. it's not an inconvenience to not have that there yeah. like it doesn't and there's so much going on, and they've opened up those big patios for, uh, and that's probably why they did it in the first place. Yeah, so they all more space seating. And and lately, I've been going over there advertising comedy shows to people who are there to eat dinner, and we're getting so many more people in because like, oh yeah, because it's right around the having corner. having foot traffic is good for business. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and and that's the whole Strode thing is is you know not only do you have these high traffic, high speed many intersections, all sorts of distractions and collision opportunities with people right there. But then on the other side of the sidewalk is just parking lots. And you're out there in the middle of the sun cooking your ass off. You don't want, it's not comfortable to walk on. You rarely see people on the sidewalks because mm-hmm. it's inconvenient. And why would you, it's super far to get to anywhere. Yeah. You, you're, you're going, it's, it is neither a way to go through or to get places. You know, it's, it's, that's where Walgreens is. So. <laughs> You know, it's it, it just yeah. The, they they really made a case uh, f- for really really kind of re- redoing public transit, and in Holland, primed for it before they you know started making major infrastructural changes over the last couple decades. Uh, they have a really good history with bicycles. Yeah, they have a particular kind of bicycle called an omafitz, which is just basically your grandma's bike, mm-hmm. like your mom's mom rides a bike, like. Oh, my feet. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like your everyday cruiser. And like there's a few key characteristics, one of which is you should be able to swing your leg over the handlebar in the middle. Like it's a step um, through frame. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be able to uh, be in a comfortably seated position. So, uh, you know, compared to like a performance yeah, like bike you, where you're you all... you lean back kind of. Well, you're like mm-hmm. sitting upright like you're mm-hmm. in a chair. You know, your arms yeah. are your arms are kind of in a comfortable position and it's it's all around a comfortable ride. There may be a couple of gears. There may not be gears. They're just kind of normal road gear. Um, <laughs> fenders and, and, you know, all of it is pretty much like people in, in numbers that we couldn't imagine bike to work bike as their daily commute bike to the grocery store it's all bicycle travel and your regular daily driver bike is this omafit style where it's got the fenders it's probably got stock racks that yeah. maybe you've got somebody riding a jump on the back and and being able to step through and having those fenders and full chain guards allows you to show up in the clothes you work in you can bike with jeans on right Holy you can bike shit. in a dress in a full length dress mm-hmm. you can bike comfortably um, you know anything that you're wearing, and and you can show up to work in your suit and hopefully not have any mud or road yeah. grime on you because the the fenders and the chain and the guards, chain guards. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
They're just they're just it's just the little things, you know. Yeah. This is probably the most serious episode we've ever done. I never Holy think shit. about how chain guards and fenders block mud off. I just mm. think about how uncool they look. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I can't grind a rail with this. <laughs> I, don't, I have always, I, I used to love uh, biking. I actually got my bicycle merit badge when I was a kid and was super proud of that. But that's like, sick. Yeah, I had to bike 50 miles in one go. That was fucking crazy. That's gnarly. That's a long, that's a long bike ride. Well, and it was after, you. after a week of like 15, 20, 25, like mm-hmm. various other different lengths. We had to like do a certain number of each of those. And then there was one 50 miler we did at the very last of it. So we worked our way up to it. But was that like Cub Scouts or? That was Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts. That was when I did it. It was right between, it was the summer between like uh, middle school and high school. So okay. like, uh, just before ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you go all the way through? Or? Eagle Scout? Yeah. No, I was raised Mormon. I dropped the church in uh, high school. And I, classic. Yeah. Okay. I was I was interested in the skills of the scouting program. I wasn't as necessarily interested in pursuing Eagle Scout. Uh, it's so boring for the most. There's like 10% yeah. fun in Boy Scouts, and then the rest <laughs> is tucking in your fucking shirt. And right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it, I never wanted to do that. Very much is you we know, blow male. <laughs> right. We swear it means we'll be loyal scouts. Sure Wait, what? Whatever. The Weeblows. What was uh, that handshake they, they had? They actually the, say that? They I'm say the we handshake. blow? We blows. There's the S on there. It's It stands for we'll be loyal scouts. It's they don't between, actually say that. We it's blow. It's between uh, Boy Scouts and, and regular. Or Cub yeah, Scouts and Cub Boy Scouts. And Boy scouts. For, there's, a, there's a little time in there where it's like you're too old to be the little kids. You're too Just young old to be enough the big to blow kids. your counselor, though. Right. Yeah, yeah, that. So, like, right. that's like, why with is everyone so confused on why there's like issues with that? If like a whole group is just called, you know, we blow. Yeah, they're pretty open about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's everybody funny. Knows, like, right? doesn't everybody know? <laughs> hindsight's funny like that. Like, you oh see, my god, that's you see wild. somebody in the news for like uh, assault or whatever, and 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 you go back and you start watching their bits, like if it's a stand up or whatever, and you're like. Oh, they were just out here saying it. I thought those were jokes. Yeah, no, they were just violent. (laughs) It's like, ah, not a joke, I guess. (laughs) We thought you were cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyways, um, the activities I planned are not as serious, but we're going to basically answer 10 questions to see if we're geniuses and then 10 questions to see if we're losers. Well, I think I'm kind of a genius and a loser, so we're going to see how this goes. Well, we're going to see where on that spectrum we are. We're going to see where we land on that. But there's a website called 12 Warning Signs That You're Dating a Loser and 10 Signs You're Actually a Genius, even if you don't think so. You're dating a loser? So is it going to ask questions about the person who's dating the loser or about the, the loser? I don't know, but you can probably answer them, you know, like they're being asked to you. Yeah, okay. So genius or loser first? Let's start with genius. Okay. Because we need bring us down. We we need a good hit to our ego before we find out. Yeah, we're losers. Cool. <laughs> Sign number one: You don't fit in a box. Of all the signs, you're actually a genius. This ranks number one. You okay. think uniquely and approach problems and solutions in ways that surprise and sometimes even confuse those around you. I thought God, this was going to be like a list. I thought like it was going to be a quiz. I, yeah, I thought yeah. it was going to be a quiz, not just like a list of like BuzzFeed. Just, do you think? <laughs> like, this stop is, tearing it down. We're not there yet. 
<laughs> but it is it is it is the it's just cold, cold reading yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just cold reading but yeah, just it's just saying nice things okay. that are gonna make just you feel have warm some fucking fun with okay. it okay okay right. okay so i i can't win with you guys i am gender queer non-binary i'm i'm uh pansexual polyamorous uh, switch um don't ask me where i want to go to eat there's there's nothing like was my favorite subject in school? Yes. Not school, but subject, sure. Let's learn. Go to school. Fuck no. <laughs> I feel that. Um, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of personal relationship I have to not being pigeonholed uh, into a box. Yeah. That's that's what's killing it. It's the pee pops. You're, you're oh, popping you're popping it out. Yeah. Your do I need to, do I need to do the old school like pencil over the mouth? <laughs> I don't know. I you used to have covers for them, but I don't know where they went. Um, damn, sounds like you're either way out of the box or you're a lot of boxes. <laughs> <laughs> you're a pyramid of boxes. Right. <laughs> Maybe wow. a box that's like a crazy shape. Oh, yeah. No, like a, <laughs> like a Dr. Seuss box. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, just like a... Just infinite. like a wonky, infinite loop-de-loop of... <laughs> <laughs> and it like opens and then it, when it opens, it just like turns and, and you don't understand what's really going on, but, yeah. but it's nice. I think I think also if if I were gonna read into that question a little more, I think you're describing a lot of uh, ADHD and certain expressions of autism that you can't be pigeonholed into a box. One of the main characteristics of ADHD is uh, hyperfixations, hyperfocus. Yeah. Uh, so, it, uh, in contrast to what's typical of a lot of expressions of autism, where you would have like special interests that are like lifelong obsession with dinosaurs or fasteners or you know it doesn't have to be always the cool ones everybody loves dinosaurs sure but mm. um <clears throat> sorry i could hear my own wheezing in the microphone um but yeah um uh with with adhd those hyperfixations tend to be very like pick it up put it down pick it up put it down like you oh yeah i used to knit i know a lot about a little bit of knitting and i have 30 unfinished projects started and then a, a, a thousand books i've read the first chapter of and Been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's real big ADHD energy, especially. And then certain expressions of autism can also be very hard to put in a box. And I, I would say other expressions are very much, you have just your box and that's all you fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, but that box doesn't really tend to fit evenly anywhere into social structures, uh, you know, as is demanded of your labor for capitalism. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's the whole, like, box box thing to me i feel like is just such a art like i don't know i always use words and then i like think back on when i <laughs> use them in and i'm like that was the wrong way to use that word but i'm gonna say arbitrary mm-hmm. sure and i yeah. think that, that that's is the one. right word yeah that's one of them maybe you know there's they're actually but two. i mean like it's just like it's just like people always say like go oh, don't put me in this box like i don't want to be in this box and it's like yes this box, like by that you mean like generalizations, right? Mm-hmm. And like just thinking that like because one person in a group is is like that everyone is, but it's like, I don't know. I'm just so tired of like combating the box thing. Like God, no one is in How a much, box, you know. Like everybody's different. Like why can't people just like do you do you understand? listen to like a lot of like long form podcasts or watch a lot of YouTube? Yeah, like long videos and stuff. Do you like uh, like video essays, lectures? Yeah, uh, check out. Uh, Robert Sapolsky's uh, Human Behavioral Biology. It's a Stanford lecture that's like 11, 12 years old. Uh, Stanford lecture series. So it's the whole class, just the lectures as far as I found. He talks about some reference material. Um, But I think 
If you, Stop it. If you just watch the first episode that kind of introduces like what we're going to be covering in this in this yeah. Stanford University biology class, um, I think you would fucking love that because uh, he uses the term buckets, buckets of thinking. And I like that because a lot of times we use lenses of perspective, like through the lens of this field and that field. And, mm-hmm. and it really, it, it, it's got certain connotations to it, whereas a bucket of thinking, like it contains all of these ideas and all of these terms and all of the ways of looking at things through evolutionary psychology. And then there's this bucket of human chemical neurology and there's, you know, endocrinology and there's, there's, uh, you know, so many different fields of research mm-hmm. that have something to say about human behavior and human biology and the interplay between the two of them. And and the proposition of the class is we're going to familiarize you with a bunch of the relevant buckets to what we're going to be talking about. And then we're going to teach you how to try to think about scenarios of human behavior through all of these different buckets of thinking and, and you know, the ways that they would analyze this and what they have to contribute to mm-hmm. that and and in the first episode where he's giving this proposition he's really he does a good job of explaining why we think in buckets like instinctually humanly like it is what we do and ultimately you could argue it's impossible to totally get out of bucket thinking mm-hmm. even with this human behavioral biology thing where you're smashing through the walls and you know uh, taking from this bucket and this bucket you're really just building a larger bucket around you yeah and then the question is well how do we start punching holes in the walls of that bucket mm-hmm. but um but at the very least you know p- pointing out that there there are relatively arbitrary ends of the spectrum you know where things change from like what's the difference between one and two and and a, a good quick example of that is uh colors uh you know we have there's a whole spectrum of light that just bleeds one into another. Mm-hmm. And when we see a rainbow, we go, okay, that's red, that's orange, that's green, that's blue. And, and we categorize it that way. But other cultures have different languages for the colors. And the, the wavelengths where they drive, draw the lines may not be in the same place as us. Mm. And so they have, you know, just offset buckets. And they have a very different relationship. Like in Russia, uh, they have Goloboy and Sinyi for uh, two different shades of what we just call blue. It's just light blue and dark blue to us. And they can much quicker and much more accurately depict, uh, distinguish between shades that are considered light blue, gullible, or I shouldn't say which one's which because I, I remember the words, I don't yeah. remember the, what they relate to. Um, but yeah, light blue versus dark blue in our language, um, you know, they're, they're, they can pick them out with greater detail to, to a closer margin, right? As, as they get closer and closer to the blurred area between light blue and dark blue, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're able to say, well, this one's light blue, that one's dark blue, where we're starting to, you know, on mass, you know, a whole bunch of us together getting our answers all together, we start to blend them around the middle. And then in our language, and this is this is the one that I try to I try to use to compare like I imagine to them the difference between light blue and dark blue could look as different to them as the difference between orange and brown. Because if you haven't checked it out, orange is just bright brown. Yeah. Orange is light blue to brown. Oh, I don't have orange hair anymore. Never mind. I was going to say. <laughs> it really is. It really is just increased brightness uh, brown. And and it's really hard to even see that. But if you start playing with a color wheel in, mm-hmm. uh, in digital, it really yeah. is. You, just, it comes you darken it until the point that it becomes brown. And like in your brain, there's a snap between that's orange, that's brown. And there's a slight blur over area. But like learning that to me was like profound like oh this is actually the same color in the way that dark red and light red are and that dark blue and light blue are but linguistically we've had you know a distinction for orange based on the fruit based on william of orange yeah. um for for 
long enough now. It's relatively new in our language compared to a lot of other, mm-hmm. you know, concepts of colors. But um, for long enough now that you know we see orange and brown as distinctly different colors when they're just not. So Ian's a genius. Um, <laughs> I think about things. We're gonna we're gonna go opposite and just go one genius one on the genius site and one on the loser site. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna. I'm, I should have warned you. No, dude, it's, it's super interesting. I, I just it's just. No, your, I'm loving it. Yeah, it like it's, gives it's a my lot voice more in depth uh, <laughs> in depth conversations than we're normally having about more uh, real topics. We should talk about sure. dicks and stuff. Yeah, we just talk about like this is this is why like, you know comedian podcasts. <laughs> yeah. It's usually it's like that. This is this is why I get along with comedy because they give me a light to tell me when to shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, number one reason why you might be a loser: you have an anger problem. Losers don't have enough self-control to stay calm when they're upset. Oh, that, that makes me feel so good because I feel like I've grown out of being a loser in that regard. I had terrible like over anger getting problems. mad kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I still have some healthy anger. I, I talked to a psychiatrist recently who's convinced that I'm repressing a lot of anger. I'm not entirely sure how much I believe him. Uh, obviously, if someone told me I was. I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think I, I have a lot of coping mechanisms around anger, um, and there are times where I could own a little more of my own righteous indignation. But like, uh, like to me, I, I like to focus on like anger as being a secondary emotion, and like, what is it based off of? Um, and so often, the answer in my own experience is that it's fear. You know, like, mm-hmm. like fuck that guy, cut me off, and and like I'm mad about it, right? And and there's a voice in my head that's like, whoa, okay, so what What just happened? Why are we mad? Well, I mean, he pulled out right in front of me. Okay, so you got pissed off? and Well, I mean, he threatened, it was life-threatening. That was, okay, so it was scary. And then what? Well, you know, I, I had to, like, hit the brakes pretty quick, and I, you know, created some separation, and, you know, now I've got the gap, and, mm-hmm. okay, so the danger has passed. You no longer have to hold on to the fear. You can, you know, yeah, fuck him, but what does it matter now? Maybe he's in a hurry. Maybe he's got his wife giving birth in the back seat. I don't know about. Going fast, man. <laughs> uh, that right, like, I think mine's sort of like that, except mine's, I can almost guarantee it's from, like, expectations. Yeah. Like, I try to plan everything, like, fucking to the minute every day, and it's like, if mm. anything, like, gets in my plan, I get fucking angry. Yeah. And I think you might be a loser. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, and, and, and I, I, I feel yeah. like I have a similar issue, but with a different uh, sort of takeaway, uh, or not takeaway, different... Like a different cause to uh, it? Like, like well, si- similar triggers with a different uh, sort of lifestyle coping mechanism, uh, strategy. There's, there's a word I'm looking for, but uh, I try to avoid plans like the plague. Um, I, 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 well, I have, um, you were here on time, so that's bullshit. Well, you, you picked me up. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm homeless. Didn't There's seem only like so you avoided this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do. And it, it gives me the freedom to, you know, um, you know, I can, I can make smaller plans if I don't have regular plans all the time, taking mm-hmm. all of my energy, making me feel like I'm exhausted. You know, I, I had shit all to do to add therapy today. That was cool. Um, but yeah, I think uh, uh, 
I, I can't get in a hurry. I don't. I, I can't. Uh, they call it emotional lability. Your your ability to change between being pissed off to being over it, based on whatever just happened. Right. Like if you have trouble letting go of anger, you might have poor emotional lability. Um, I should I should look away when I use the p words. Can you <laughs> define the word lability? Lability. Um, not descriptively only receptively okay, so Google lability it. Like, uh, yeah. no <laughs> it, it it i think it, it definitely has to do with your uh your ability to it's like think of words with lability at the end of it and then <laughs> figure it out yeah deny ability <laughs> someone needs to donate more money here so the hive can get better wi-fi yeah <laughs> yeah well emotional lability is specifically like your ability to to change emotional state based on whatever's happening oh, right? okay um so a lot of people will sort of try to misdiagnose their own children with like bipolar because well they mm. were screaming bloody murder and then they were laughing and it's yep. like that is actually a pretty rare kind of mental health condition where you have mood swings that are that rapid and that frequent it's like your kid's just um, hung over like, <laughs> it's like cut him some slack your kid was kid. mad because yeah. they had a reason to be mad and then something happened that caused them to be joyful and they experience joy because they have good emotional lability right mm-hmm. they're they're able to you know uh, be like water yeah change their emotional state um their emotional state flows with stimulus mm-hmm. and if you have poor emotional ability you don't and i the way i always put it before hearing that term was i uh sorry am i taking you away no no, no i was just it, it's <laughs> it every once in a while the camera will just stop and but the light will stay on yeah it's that's it's bullshit. the worst it's, like doesn't make any sense <laughs> like i remember one time uh it, it cut off like 13 minutes in and we just didn't check because normally it works oh, man. and then like 30 minutes we had the audio luckily which was cool but that's good. uh yeah, we lost like thirty minutes of filming, and like the light stayed on. Over it and make people like we literally idea. thought about animating it, but yeah. it's hard. It is. Yeah, that's, it's really hard. That's why you do instead of like uh, two frames a second or whatever, you do like one frame every five seconds, and just show people like stick figures doing just like or whatever. boom. Look, right? <laughs> then I came over here. Water. <laughs> that's good. Um, that's good. But yeah, I have poor emotional lability, um, and like the way I always put it is like if I'm. If I'm running late, it's really hard for me to change out of the hurry gear. If I get into a hurry, I can't change gears very easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I show yeah. up to work on time, I was stressing getting to work on time. I'm way early everywhere I go because if I'm on time, there's a chance I might get in a hurry. You know, if mm-hmm. I'm if I give myself, you know, an extra half an hour, and then, you know, uh, I can have I can change a tire and still be on time. Mm. You know, yeah, <laughs> shit can happen. I can hit traffic and still be on time and For like, sure. if i show up ridiculously early then great now i've got time to scroll cry in the car it's like <laughs> yeah. the per- first person to get there at work you know right. has more time to cry in the parking lot that's that's very much it's true, a nice but... mental reset before you go in. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming for um yeah but uh um yeah so so with with anger it's a hard one to say whether I'm a loser or not because I feel like I'm. I've I've learned to cope with anger really well. I've I've learned to conduct my life in a way that doesn't bring a lot of anger into my emotional state. But I still definitely have, you know, trigger ability. Oh. Yeah. Oh, music? I forgot there. Yeah, there's other rooms being used here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was coming in like really quietly on the headphones, and I was like, "What?" The I was I was just humming. Um, humming in harmony. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that like 
I, I was similar. Like I, I used to get angry like very often, mm-hmm. and I I feel like I'm I'm the opposite though, and I have like very like good emotional lability. Like I yeah. can go from high to low, like and low to high really fast. Yeah. Um, and so like, but I I I don't like get angry like. I get angry at stupid shit that I do, like losing yeah. my keys or like misplacing my phone for like less than five minutes. Like, yeah, it's like, where the fuck did I just put it? I just had it. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. And then I see it. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I think it takes it takes a lot of stacking up things to make me like. I was actually getting quite agitated today because running into one thing than the other. Like, I swear the elevators at the library were behaving differently today. Like. It used to be like just going between second and third floor, they would they would like come down to second floor, switch to going back up. I used to have rehearsals there, and whenever we'd move shit up and down, it's so annoying. Some like every yeah. once in a while, you get just an off day with them. Yeah, and it's like oh yeah, it's free here. <laughs> we had to we got to go all the way to the first floor, open the doors, let nobody on before we can come back up to the second floor to take you to the third floor. Like why? That's that's that not the way this technology sense. is designed anymore. And they, they haven't been recalibrated in a while. Like when they, they're missing their landings. So like the they'll they'll take forever to find the landing mm. and then the doors will open and, oh, and as soon like as you start to step, off or something. It, it'll be just slightly off yeah. in one direction. But as soon as the doors open and like as soon as you're about to take like when that natural beat now I'm stepping, that's when it goes to readjust violently and then uh, it's just a little just bit off the in the other direction time. <laughs> oh god right when it's gonna trip you like it's it's pretty it That's just needs recalibrated weird. but um um yeah that, that was mildly agitating but then smells like i i'm allergic to a lot of fragrance to anything so like they have air freshener everywhere and sprayed oh, everywhere yeah. and then when somebody walks onto the elevator with a particularly heavy perfume it hangs out there forever in addition to the air freshener they have when was the last time you saw an air freshener in an elevator that's in an you, elevator? I've never seen think, an air freshener. That's how you know how many homeless people are at the at the at the, <laughs> the library. The library because they have air fresheners in the. Are they just like the little tree ones in cars one. that they have hanging up, or is no, it like a glade something? It, it, it's more yeah, more similar to like one of those commercial dealy jobs where they it's it looks like kind of the big housing that you would have the spray in, but it's just got like the big wax insert that just dries out over time and just leaks oh, smell all the time. Where do they have it? Uh, it's just like if you're looking at the elevator door, it'll just be like up and to the right, <coughs> which I'm surprised you've not seen it because you're a little taller than me even, and it's like right there. Well, it's also <laughs> the only times I think I've been in the elevator at the library is like when we were moving stuff, so I was, yeah. you know, looking down and carrying things. Oh, um, for sure. But, yeah. But yeah, then, then I, I think the big thing that really, really... Uh, it takes it takes a, several things to stack up onto me. Like I had to fuck around with my car last night. I got a parking ticket, some bullshit going on, and and then you know having a rough time with with the library and the smells in the elevator is just a little bit more agitated. And then the moment my testicles touch the toilet water, I just fucking had enough. <laughs> like I can't deal with this today. Not at the library. You've betrayed me. It happens every time at Walmart. I've come to expect it from them. <laughs> we are. We- we talked about this in, uh, I think, the one we put up today. But your boy sits when he pees, and my dick will touch the like porcelain sometimes. I hate that. Ooh, that'll. Ooh. It makes me want to just stick my head and drown myself. It's so annoying. It and you're just like, 
you're like, because well, uh, it's cold. I can't sit any yeah. further back. Yeah, it's cold and it's like, and you it imagine feels it's wet dirtier than it like, is. Oh yeah, you always yeah. think it's disgusting. And then you're like, I did this yesterday. My dick has touched the same spot twice. Like, I'm disgusting. <laughs> it's the worst. And you're like, I wonder how many other people have done this. I've just been touching dicks with everyone who's been in my apartment. Yeah. Well, and like you, you run or into Walmart. a public restroom because you really got to drop a duke, and and you. You get in there, you fucking let it go, you relax, and that's when they fucking hang, and they go for a dip. And like, I just shit in that you water. You let your guard down. I just shit in that water, and all that bacteria is just going to crawl onto my fucking wrinkly bag, Gross. find a little crevice to grow in. Like I gave oh. myself an STD. I <laughs> From the back to the front. <laughs> it's the worst. I hate it. It's oh disgusting. And it, it needs to be more accounting for testicles and toilets <laughs> so i don't know what fucking yeah, they should no put, testosterone like, motherfuckers making these things but they should start making public have toilets have like just extra bulges where yeah. it's just deeper yeah. <laughs> right and it looks like every toilet has a pair of balls the the or ADA, a fucking hole that shoots yeah. down the ada should regulate the length between the seat and the toilet water surface it, you know why are why are all toilets and then they're deeper? balls yeah. Like just wait, like porta potty deep. Like you're yeah. just dropping deuces like six feet down. Like my dick's never touched the bottom <laughs> at a porta potty. <laughs> and then you just think. and then you flush it and it's way down there too. So like <laughs> you can be on the phone then too and like it, the flush would be down there so that it yeah. wouldn't like sound like anything. And that's the worst too with these uh, the the automatic flushing toilets is. Uh, and the one, you the lean one that was forward giving me trouble. or something, yeah. and then it flushes on you, and so, just like. Whoosh. I think some of those are being designed intentionally as hostile architecture. Really? Um, if you go over here to jump, and you try to take a dump at jump, um, go into their bathrooms and try to like lean back, like you're relaxing a little bit, or like maybe you just took a shot of heroin, or like maybe you're trying to crank one out in a public restroom because there's nowhere for you to crank one. That's out. the relatable mm. one. Been back. <laughs> <Crank Going>? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that's something I've been trying to work out I on stage too. It's like, but I'll yeah. off. like, so I'm homeless. Where am I allowed to come? Oh God, yeah, that's tough. Right, like I don't that's know. Hard. That's hard. Uh, that's that's a whole other topic. Hotel to lobby really bathrooms. There you are go. Money. I hate bathrooms. Strip hate club bathrooms. bathrooms. I just I don't want to go where there's. It, like I said, I already have problems with the air freshener, and then the yeah. only thing else you're getting, and the reason the air freshener is there, is shit. Like it's just shit and air freshener. That's not neither of those things I want when I'm coming, dude. I'm trying to think, I of think we're geniuses now. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've gotten on this topic, I really Fuck, see the. I don't need there. the rest of the questions. <laughs> those, we're yeah. really smart. <laughs> but yeah, I think it, it does. It takes a lot of things to stack up to agitate me yeah. anymore. Yeah. Whereas, like, I don't know. When I was a kid and I was angry all the time, I also really did not have a good time growing up, you know, between things at home and things at school and, you know, uh, being really slow to learn social interactions, just not being neurotypical um, and being really slow to learn social interactions because I grew up on a five acre farm, uh, Mormon. Yeah, I was going like, to say you said Mormon, right? Yeah. That's going to fuck you up every time. Yeah, Especially absolutely. with other kids. Like, yeah, you're just a little weirdo when you're a Mormon. Like, oh, yeah. you're so sheltered and just... It's not bizarre. good at social interaction. It's it's really crazy. Yeah. So, like, where, you want to hang out with your family? <laughs> where at did you grow up? Where was Buell. your farm? Buell. Oh, really? Buell, I know, just okay. outside of Twin Falls. Yeah. Familiar. Mm -hmm. 
All three of I'm our quite fans. Familiar. I'm quite all familiar. Th- I have some friends. All three of you. Any from Buell? Yeah. Yeah, you I know, know a kid from Buell. These these are the podcasts, though, to go to talk directly to. Like, great for the three fans that are here. And the rest of you that are listening to this in the future, you'll never be as cool as them. But thank you for coming back to the early That's episodes. Right. You really That's are an OG. True. That's right. That's you true. wanted Honestly, to yeah. see where it all started. Yeah, that's true. If, yeah. you, if you actually like take the time to, like you've listened to all the like pretty recent podcasts of like mm. one of your favorites, and you take the time to go back and be like, you know what? I'm going to start from the beginning. I'm going to listen to them all. Like, it's crazy how dedication. many started totally that different than like how they are when they're like oh yeah successful. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you you figure it out as you go. Yeah, right? you, and you hear feedback. That's the great thing about podcasting is because you just continue to do it and you get that live like feedback constantly from like people. Well, if like people are giving you feedback, mm. <laughs> the thing I've been is like I mean everyone says like everyone has a fucking podcast. Is like I think everybody starts one. Yeah. Every like I've seen a billion people that have like gone all out on like an intro episode and they're like come in <laughs> next week and then nothing ever and it seems like yeah. It's just consistency. Yeah. Just like stand up, just keep fucking doing it and then well, be yeah. somewhat nice to most people. And I think anything you do creatively, you should do first and foremost for yourself. Um, yeah. And, and I think, you know, a lot of good things come out of selfishness. Um, yeah. But like uh, my journey with comedy is, is like, I'm not out here trying to get famous, trying to get big. Of course I think about it. And of course I think that I would, would be love rad. it. Right. I, and, and, for me though, it's it's loving what I'm doing now and and feeling like I am where I'm supposed to be. Like like I'm still growing, I'm still learning, I'm still getting better at it. Um, I feel like I'm I'm growing as a person the more I interact with comedy and the community. Um, and that's and that's dope. And if it starts to make me money, then that's cool too. Um, but but those are the things that I like to watch. You know, I love nerds. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love I love anyone who's like a real nerd on their topic and and like so I, hearing somebody get excited about something is yeah. it's cool huh. seeing that like light up in in someone's eye when like, like you, you ask really them about ask something they're interested in. You know, oh, yeah. and they're like, oh my god, like I, watch, I can't wait to rifle off about this. Yeah, you know? like I'm gonna piss you off with how much I talk about. <laughs> I watch a lot of YouTube, and there's this one I've been watching, Puddin's Fab Shop. He just like two three, and I. Uh, he's he's pretty good at keeping his own personal views separate from his content, which I'm not. So if yeah. you if you don't enjoy my personal views, you won't enjoy anything I make. Um, <laughs> but but um, he uh, he does a lot of like gearhead stuff, like motor. Yeah. Like he uh, mostly naturally aspirated engines, not a lot of fuel injection systems. He's you know older vehicles, and and he's just a nerd that likes to play with engines and vehicles and, and has ideas that he wants to do. And he's just really into what he's making. And I'm learning so much from him, but I'm just entertained as heck because he's he's really into it. Um, I, I just love that. I love when people are into what they do. And like to me, that's what a podcast should be. It's like, hey, I think I have really awesome conversations with my friends, and here's an opportunity to have more awesome conversations with other people, mm-hmm. and and kind of formatted thing. This is is a really cool way. I like to listen to podcasts and the way that people talk to each other. Um, and if you have anybody who's at all interested in listening to you and your friends rat, prattle on, well, here's where you can go find it. You know, it's it's just there. I think I just love seeing how brains work. Like this will sound sad, but I really like drinking by myself. <laughs> and then like just writing something just because like i don't know it's cool like just seeing where you can take your brain it's very like, way of you 
yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah, that's why I think podcasts are cool because it's like you see how like it does seem like it's just people bullshitting but whenever they do get to that one thing that's like cool to hear you see the whole process of how the conversation got to that yeah and that's dope that is dope nice. seeing like a, a conversation like evolve into something <clears throat> totally different yeah also like we had someone a little while ago like kind of hounding us um like what what what's the point you know like why why what's the what's the game like what's the game i'm like there is no point like we just do it because what's we're having fun and like we enjoy listening to podcasts and like it's like really fun to like get on like talk and express yourself creatively like in a way that like you know you can be honest and like just have fun with it and talk bullshit and fucking and what a what a time that we live in to like be able to hear perspectives outside of your own physical regional bubble yeah well yeah because before to like do that you'd you'd be like your only shot really was like tv or something and you have to like go through a billion people but like this is like anyone is where like like it's the whole everyone people where people say everyone has a podcast it's like Mm -hmm. great because everyone can just start one up like that well even not too long ago like there was only like 25 channels on TV anyway, so you're only yeah. getting like so much exposure to that, like unless and you were actually like traveling around and, and network and money controls every word that you hear, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, the internet's opened up a lot of different avenues of interconnection. Yeah, it's um, pretty beautiful. Unfortunately, there we we haven't really caught up to how we qualify our data. I think a lot of people haven't put a lot of thought into how much they care for qualifying their data mm-hmm. what what uh in, in fact uh, we were just having this conversation with lj and tyson on another podcast that was uh um what did what did they call it now now the word epidemiology is stuck in my head and that's not what it was it's how we know what we know um if you want to look up how do we know what we know i'm sure the the philosophy will come up uh like on their podcast that they were talking about or i mean uh yeah we were talking about the subject of morality and and i just told my therapist this i just had the term in my head morality and uh epistemology is what it is uh epistemology is how we know what we know um and and it's a huge part of philosophy is is well, how do we know that how do we know that how do we know that mm-hmm. um but really what it comes down to when you're when you're looking into epistemology is like you know what what do i think i know and what am i basing that off of um so even if you're not doing the full epistemological is my bottle really going to drum, drop when i let it go of it this time just because it has every other time doesn't mean it's going to this time like i can't mm-hmm. i can't prove that that with absolute certainty like you don't have to go that deep into it you just go like are these vaccines really safe for me mm. am i sure about why why am i sure about that and i'm not sure about that but i know that out of all of the times that our government has like done atrocities to our own citizens in the name of medical medicine uh not white people yeah. <laughs> and not white people on mass mm-hmm. you know um it just hasn't happened it's unprecedented I, it doesn't feel and i feel like it's such a widespread effort with so many different people from so many different angles trying to come up with different solutions to this epidemic that <clears throat> there would be a lot more very credible people Mm. saying 
Well, that's by the way, the virus isn't actually real or whatever, you know. That's, I feel like, where the internet becomes like that double edged sword, right? Like, where it is great for like interconnecting like people within different communities and like different cultures. It also creates like so many. You'll reinforce so so many channels of like different content that's coming out of Mm -hmm. like so many different places and like something may look credible and like not everyone is properly educated on how to like see if something's yeah. credible or not so like misinformation just like gets yeah strewn around like crazy so and that's and, and that's where i'm saying i feel like we need to do as as a as a culture there's a bit of growing up we need to do mm-hmm. in thinking about how we qualify our information because yeah because you absolutely will find a confirmation bias rabbit hole for anything you want to believe and like if you ever really look into flat earthers and flat earth theory oh god it's it's amazing it is insane um, but the 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 initial premise on how flat earth theory forms originally let alone mm-hmm. the people who are into it now but the original premise is basically literally that how do i know what i think i know I've just been told by people who purport to be authority figures. And one of the guys who uh, was like key founder of modern flat earth theory um, and, and you know, a lot of argumentation that he didn't make it up himself. No, he didn't. But he was definitely one of the big people laying the groundwork of what is today's flat earth theory. Um, he's just a huge fan of the Truman Show. He literally oh, thinks yeah. we live in the Truman yeah. Show because he's thought about it too much and he thinks mm-hmm. that everyone in authority is all part of the same conspiracy and it just God except the spaghetti for the people monster. at your conventions. Yeah, right. I don't understand where like is it literally everyone? And you can tell that his wife is kind of uncomfortable when you know he gets into it and it's like it's like his model trains passion, you know, oh, and she's God, like yeah. oh it's cute that he's really into it. But then like in the interview they they kind of question and like challenge how much she believes in it and he's wanting her to to reinforce that oh no, she totally gets it. She understands it's real, because it's real. She never tells him he's full of shit, right? She yeah. thinks it's he's cute, just quirky, right? But then when on camera, she's you know being asked to you know buy into his bullshit, she gets really uncomfortable. Oh <laughs> like, God! Listen, I know he's full of shit, but just be nice, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you think about the flat Earth? Like, My husband's funny. <laughs> he's a such funny a guy. silly goose. <laughs> yeah. He's he's one of those guys waiting for a light to fall out of the sky oh, to prove God. it to him because yeah. he's. And the best part about this documentary that I watched was um, uh, flat earthers would propose scientific theories to prove the earth being flat. And I said, well, if it's not flat, then we should see this data. But since it is flat, we're going to see that data. First of all, bad scientists, stop that. (laughs) True. Second of all, they kept on getting data that reinforced the curvature of the earth. Uh, One of them... Fuck. One of them, they got this really expensive um, uh, gyroscope, uh, like a laser gyroscope thing, mm-hmm. and it's all it's all contained in a box, um, so you can set it, and over a period of time, you, it should experience what we call spin drift, which is gyroscopes are stable um, because yeah. of you know conservation of angular momentum things going on there. Um, so if you try to push on one side of a spinning wheel, um, that action will will occur basically 90 degrees ahead in rotation so so it, it'll kind of wobble and bring itself back around there's a really uh, simple vsauce video i think on explaining how that mm-hmm. works um maybe veritasium did Ver- veritasium did a similar veritasium. thing but 
um, the uh, yeah, since the gyroscope is trying to spin flat to its original, uh, you know, um, orientation, it eventually kind of yeah, it'll it'll seem to tilt in the frame of reference we're looking at it as the Earth continues to spin kind of underneath it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is amazing how physics works that way. Yeah. Like it is, it is, you know, we think about like uh, you know being in a box and and you know bodies that are together and like we're hurtling through space with the Earth and mm-hmm. our entire frame of reference is based on the Earth. But if I just start spinning, suddenly I'm my own foreign object in space. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. But um, yeah, they're like we should see spin drift, and we don't see spin drift at all. We won't see it at all. And then they got the exact mathematically what you should see based on what they say the earth says yeah for a spin drift if it's if it's really rotating this fast and it's a ball earth then we should see 15 degrees of spin drift in 45 minutes and it, exactly and they're like well who did we buy the compass from they're in on it too <laughs> you made the compass bro right? no they, they did they bought a, like a big expensive laser gyroscope oh for God. like sciencey applications they had some some dude with money who is into flat earth like contributes all to of and, science is in on it <laughs> right right so of course they, they produced all of this so the the other thing that they did that is a lot harder to blame your tools um was uh uh they found a really flat stretch of road mm-hmm. um and and it's it's a flat straight shot long enough and they have this ditch and they're saying well you know they've got water in the ditch so the surface level of the water and it's not running very fast it's a fairly slow moving ditch there's still an amount of pitch to account for that they seem to be totally oblivious to. The surface of the water is totally flat, so we're going to see. And they set up this survey line, uh, so they have like a, a stick in one side of the ditch, and and from the surface of the water up to the point they have the laser pointer, and a stick in the other side of the ditch and surface of the water, and then up to the target oh of the laser God. pointer, right? And we should see that you know if since the Earth is flat, it's going to hit it dead on right here. It's oh going to be a God. bit of a spread beam because it's a, quite a distance, but because the Earth's flat, it's going to hit it dead on. And if it wasn't flat, based on what they say the curvature of the Earth is, since this is just a flat piece of water, it's going to be, you know, and and exactly, it's it's curved as exactly as they say it is. <laughs> so, are they geniuses or? Are they let me I gotta I gotta check the list. <laughs> <laughs> Sign number three, you're dating a loser. Flat earth, moving on. Yeah, it's no. word for word, dude. That's <laughs> exactly what it says. No. They're geniuses. It is crazy. It, it's interesting for me to think about flat earthers because um more of us should ask the question they started with. It's a good like I yeah. do agree with like that mindset of like i've never seen it and no one like people have just told me it's like this so i should quit and, like that yeah. makes perfect sense how many senses do you have is this a trick question or yes oh. but i mean like what were you taught <laughs> what were you taught about how many senses you have five five right yeah. we got touch taste sight smell sound close your eyes i always think it's six touch I don't know touch why. your fingertip to your nose with your eyes closed how the fuck did you do that? What sense did you use for that? Mm. It's got a cool name, but Self-size? I third eye. I don't know. I, I forget what it's called. Uh, it's got a pretty cool name, but you do actually have a sense of the spatial relationship of your body parts to each other, and it's not really touch. It's not. It's not mm. that. There's just something. Uh, we movie. also have a sense of the passage of time. It's not very accurate, but mm-hmm. we sense time passing. Um, I think I think uh, by the time I read the article, they said scientists had like 
listed and agreed on like at least like 27 different senses at the time oh fuck whoa yeah so when you when you talk about sixth sense you're like well which one are you talking about yeah, like which, the movie which, look or... i have a sixth sense oh that's crazy <laughs> that's <laughs> wild are they like maybe they can sense what temperature it is really well like every time yeah. they walk outside they're just like 36 degrees celsius <laughs> <laughs> they were a wee blow yeah. i think i think that would be like a trained perception kind of thing but like i i think generally we would say temperature comes down to touch yeah um, but but yeah i think they, i don't know maybe they do distinguish it now but um like uh you, you remember the map of the tongue and like the the different tastes and you're like oh yeah bitter like, and this, yeah, that, yeah, that. yeah sweet yeah. and like yeah. salty or whatever there's Isn't definitely that- not a map um, the taste buds that re- that uh, react to those are like pretty well spread around. You can have kind of density zones, but it's going to be wildly different person to person. Um, and there's definitely more tastes than again. We're talking about buckets, right? Yeah. We put these things into the sweet bucket, these things into the bitter bucket, mm-hmm. and then some Japanese guys discover, th- or this some Japanese guy discovers that. There's a flavor that nobody's describing. It's not savory. That's not what it is. It's umami, and it's uh, it's MSG. Mm. Um, and sour is is basically just detecting acidity. Um, mm. Malic acid is the one we use for like super sour candy and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like liquid sour. Um, it's like salt. imagine you're at a yeah. restaurant and they like serve you food and you're like, eh, it kind of tastes like shit. And like, no, bro, chew on this this side of your mouth <laughs> classic mistake <laughs> um, using the, the wrong taste buds new idiot money. <laughs> um, you know, clearly never eaten here at uh, Sabor de Tong <laughs> this is the right chew restaurant bro um, we should wrap this up because it's getting hot in here and there's a fan that I want to get on. Right on. Turn on. Yeah. Nobody on the podcast wants me to take off all my clothes. It's Maybe they, nobody. They might not, but we'll all we can all go shirtless in solidarity. <laughs> um, I, I already did that at the abortion protest. So if you go look yeah. at the right wing Facebook sphere right now, you might see me with my titties out, nice. making an ass of myself. I heard there's Flat another video. one it's tomorrow. Not me. Uh, there should be some going on every day. That would be yeah. righteous. Cause, uh, that would be righteous. That was that was one of the things they were talking about. As you know, it happened over the weekend, so a lot of people are able to show up immediately. But we'll really see the level of support and the level of people coming out based on you know what keeps happening as the work week resumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, this will come out in like a month probably. Cool. But like, do you have dates past that? No. Maybe I, a big I, event. I don't have anything uh, booked currently. Um, I I do work pretty closely with the Blue City uh, in nice. comedy. Uh, you can catch me doing open mics all the time at Mad Suite uh, yeah. downtown, especially because it's kind of where I'm mostly based. Um, Mad Suite, Blue City, um, uh, shoot Jack Mormon Comedy Hour, and that's a Crystal Moore production. Uh, I have been involved with that a lot in the past. Uh, would be stoked to continue doing that in the future and love to drive people toward that show especially if you have any um if if you have any personal relationship with the mormon church Mm. uh whether you were raised mormon or you had a bunch of mormon friends or you're from a really mormon town if you if, if it's if it's occupied a chunk of your life uh i think getting into the jack mormon comedy hour is there'll be something for you and it is comedy 
Um, but it, it's a huge experience for me uh, just getting into... Uh, and I, I, maybe this is a good place to leave it off without actual plugs. Uh, okay. Is is growing up in the church? The gaslighting is is you can feel the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And it is an actual sensation. I've felt it. Uh, you you walk into the room and you you have this sensation, and and they say that's the spirit, and that's how you know the church is true. And and I think that that sensation is community. Uh, the sense that you're welcome, that you belong, that you're in a group of like-minded individuals, that we're all kind of on the same page, and we all have a shared understanding of the world that, you know, maybe not everybody has access to, so that makes us feel kind of special about ourselves or whatever, but um, what's really, really, really powerful to me is when you go to uh, a, a comedy show at a gay bar serving liquor, and and you have a bunch of apostates of the church come in to, to fucking bash on it and you're hit with that overwhelming sensation that you've learned to recognize as the spirit and if that can be here they must be full of shit because they said it absolutely couldn't be here mm-hmm. amen true that true that <laughs> drop the mic Boom. i won't this is no me. yeah this please is, don't we max please page respect the equipment <laughs> <laughs> well that was, was nice, fun dude it was nice meeting well, and talking with me. you on the pod absolutely <clears throat> like to, Shake the hand of the man.